Hi, welcome to Status. I'm your host, Muhammad Ali Nayel. Today we have Chino, rapper and producer based in Beirut. Chino, hi. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Good, Mo. You doing all right? Doing good. Good to have you with us. Um, I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. But uh, before we start, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? What do you do? Why you are here in Beirut? Who are you? Okay. My name is Nosa Shirvaji. I'm a Syrian-Filipino uh, rapper producer. I'm known as Chino, C-H-Y-N-O. Um, I've been part of a band here in Beirut called Fariq al Atrash, and uh, I've recently, or in 2015, released my solo album called Making Music to Feel at Home. Been touring around Europe with my album and my projects. Also, last year I released an album, a sound, like a compilation album for a web series called Dalin, and uh, you can find that on my SoundCloud at Chinovation. Awesome. Taib, uh, the reason we, we sat together today is because um, I recently went to a thing called the Arena in Beirut and I really liked what I saw. Uh, the Arena basically it's a, it's a battle rap space, um, something, a concept that is new in Beirut or newish. Uh, and Chino is a major aspect uh, and organizer of this uh, arena that's going on in Beirut and today I would like you to tell us a bit about the arena, how it came to be and what does it mean why we have an arena for rap in Beirut. Okay, so firstly the arena ME, so it's the arena Middle East in Arabic is called Al-Halabe. Uh, it's, uh, it's me, which I am the founder, co-founder with my man Joe Hajj. I'm like basically like uh, the one organizing the events, uh, booking the rappers, uh, doing the finance for it and my man Joe Hajj is the one who handles the video part and we also have like the rappers uh, like that are part of the administrative which is like Brother Bull and Lipos they're part of the arena bootcamp and just to keep it clear uh, this is like a battle format you know where battle two rappers go at each other at a selected amount of time uh, selected amount of rounds and uh, and also, they they choose the criteria that they want to rap about. You know, we just we just create that platform for them. Right. And how it started off is basically back in 2015, which is almost exactly three years ago. This um, is when the first started. The first battle, yeah. So in May, in okay. May May 20 something 20, I, I just I posted a picture. I think 23rd or 20 no 27th. Okay. It was like so the first it's almost time. three years. Now. It's exactly three years now, oh. a little bit over, okay. you know. But it it was it started really slow. So what happened was. We had this battle rapper, international battle rapper named Disaster. All right. Yeah. He's or he's from California. He's one of the top five battle rappers in the world. All right? Really? Yeah. In the world. Yeah, and wow. he's he's originally Lebanese. His okay. name is Bashir. You know? Okay. Wow. And he came. He was coming here, I think, for vacation. And I've met him before in 2011. We hung out. You know, we know each other. And he and he saw. So he contacted, I think, Ashikman. You know, and he's like, I want to battle rap somebody. You know. And they gave him, I think, Adab Best's contact, or he wanted Adab Best okay. specifically, okay. like as the reputation of this guy rapping, yeah. you know. And I think he saw like the video, the a video for him doing some battle rap, yeah. or you know, uh, against a certain opponent. And so I think that's what that was a criteria that made him want to battle, you know. And he's never battled in Arabic ever. You know? So he battled in Arabic when Arabic. he came here? Yes. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so we were all shocked when he came through and when he, and that when he told us like he wants to rap in Arabic, you know? Okay. Um, 
Um, so when the guys were like organizing this whole thing, me personally in 2013 and 14, I had released like two pretty solid video clips that were pr produced by, like directed by Pedro Stanisian. So I had this uh, reputation of like creating like content, you know, yeah. for music and video material and have yeah. videographers. So, and also host a lot of events, you know, uh, with Red Bull Lebanon. So they kind of had hit me up and they were like, yeah, we need some like the video team or something. Can you hook that up? And can you, um, can you uh, also host it? You know. Cool. So we took I took advantage of that. With that, would I had also um, this guy called Yannis Pau, uh, aka Johnny Headbuster. You know, and he yeah. he was like he's a half Czech, uh, half Czech. Um, I don't know exactly or half what else, but he was he was living here at that point, and he helped us also during that beginning period. So we made it happen, and the battle was one round unlimited time and they went at it and it, it reached and at this point it's about like 260,000 views on, you, on our, on our Damn. YouTube channel. Okay. So you that know. was organic, it was an initiative without sponsorship, just you guys put it together yeah. and yeah. this is how it started. Yeah, so I kind of just like made the platform from there, so from there because in my mind I was like this guy is one of the biggest in the world, has a bunch of views on his own. You yeah. know? So that would be, that was the best way to spark something like that. Me personally, I've been a battle avid battle rap fan since the mid two thousands. Right. You know, so I've watched the development of battle rap from like being on beats, you know, just yeah. rapping on with each other yeah. beats and short one minute yeah. rounds, and uh, just be freestyling yeah. until they became grind time, which in America, which started like more written or prepared format. Yeah, yeah. And then it would be three rounds, a little bit longer. You know, so it, it started evolving and uh, I was watching that and I'm such a big fan. So for that opportunity to land in our laps like that, you know, uh, I felt like we needed to take advantage of it, you know. And the first one, I think you guys were doing it in a public space here on the stairs uh, <laughs> in Jemaize. Yeah, exactly. Is it because of a lack of a better place or you thought it's best place to yeah, have I mean, it? we wanted it in the streets because, you know, like, we didn't want to charge anybody, you know, we didn't know how to make that, like, we didn't want to make that happen like that. We just wanted people to be around to watch that event. And we didn't have a lot of people at, the, at, at that battle. It was like 30 to 40 people, you know, Okay. and we just called up people on like, you know, Instagram and Facebook and just shared it, okay. you know, some just like really local type stuff, you okay. know. And how it, did that go, the first one? Uh, it, I mean, it was really solid. Like everybody was like really shocked that, you know, firstly, this guy's high caliber, you know, battle rapper and he just transmitted his like his style into Arabic and it really hit it's very aggressive you know very offensive to some people you know um, and the commentary the commentary back then was different than the commentary now because of how aggressive and how offensive he is you know yeah um, and that's a different topic you know of course of, of, about his content on that but there was only one battle it was only one battle you know it was him and Ad yeah okay and then um, and so we did another event after that, like a year later, you know, or like eight months later, we did in Yukun Kun, and that's when Mohandas popped out, you know, like I already knew Mohandas as a, as a dope rapper on beats and stuff right. like that, so he wanted to jump on and we, we contacted a bunch okay. of other rappers and we did another event in Yukun Kun with five battles, you know, okay. uh, two English and three Arabic, you know, from that battle we released three videos, you know, two of them we didn't f f feel like as high quality enough to be on the right. video, you know or 
or also there was problems maybe also like malfunctions we're still learning at that right. point and then there's also some battles that the rapper we didn't feel the quality of his performance really really reflected our brand well you know so yeah yeah, yeah. so some out of those five battles we released three and Mohandas's battle was a standout performance you know was it yeah and how that, come and because he was just dope you know like the other his opponent wasn't as good as him you know right. so he was kind of like a, a imbalance you know of right. of, 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 of quality right. but he, he he looked really dope in that battle so then what happened next after that was like I think after we released it a few weeks after this actor had called me I was like yo I'm gonna be coming through you know to to Beirut again you know he was just calling me to hang out and I, I shot him the, the video and he's like I want to battle this guy again yeah he want I want to battle Mohandas. oh he battled Mohandas no he battled Eddie and then after that it's like he's like I want to battle Moh- Mohandas you know? okay and I called Mohandas I was like yo man this actor wants to battle you there wasn't any time it was like eight days you know to, for preparation yeah. ten days or something like that and he prepped you know disaster prepped you know and they went at it how was that i think that was really solid and a lot more turned out for that you know even though it was a short time and that was a lot more people because now we're like you know we're creating this fan base so you got a reputation of that yeah yeah it was kind of building up so from that point we became like it we had like i think 80 to 100 people in the stairs you know wow so it was like packed stairs it looked really really dope man we were really happy from that battle you know uh it was a lack of preparation i think but still it was very entertaining okay And so after the the last one you guys did was in March or in April? So March, that was the last one. Before that, we did one in October, which okay. we, when we brought like Synaptic and Kaz for the first time to Beirut, okay. and Kaz battled Mohandas, and that was really like a solid battle, you know. Uh, uh, Lipos battle Synaptic, also really solid battle, you know. Okay. So that made our reputation also get a little so, further. So two years later, you expanded. It's no longer about local rappers from Lebanon. No. Now we got Synaptic from Jordan. Yeah, okay. and then and, and and then this one in March, we brought Deep from from, from Egypt. Egypt. We had we brought Ed Abbas who lives in Ivory Coast. Oh, he's not living here. Anymore. No, so we brought him in and we flew him in from oh, Ivory wow. Coast. You okay. know. Uh, we had Darwish, you know, Henny, so well, he was like from Syria, so he's living here, but he's representing Syria. Yeah. And uh, we brought back Kaz and Synaptic again. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that was like made, made the battle like scene come together a little bit more, especially, you know, having our, our brothers in Egypt doing their thing. You know, they had their own league and stuff like yeah. that going on after we started ours, you know. So from then, we wanted also to bring all the Middle East together. That was the plan from the get-go, you know? Okay. We didn't think Lebanon was like that big to have this huge scene anyways, you know? It's like a small country, we're yeah, like yeah, four yeah. million people, you know, and how many dope rappers are you gonna get? It's a small know? scene as well. Yeah, it's a small scene, you know? Yeah. And now it's getting bigger, we're getting all the, because of the arena boot camp, you know, and the guys running it, you know, administratively, now we have a lot more rappers trying to come in and step up and becoming like, you know, you know so wait a minute what's the arena boot camp can you talk about that yes yeah, so these are just rappers that they apply you know to to our email address and then we, they send us videos and we see if they're like sort of dope enough or even if they're like still amateurs you know you put them in a position that they battle each other and and then hopefully they get into the main arena you know so they are upcoming rappers new rappers yeah. that are trying to make it what do what uh, what these kind of rappers can benefit from a boot camp i mean so i mean Ziggy, there's this rapper who's Lebanese, he's, I think he lives up north in Tripoli, and he's like a trap rapper, you know? He just does like, you know, like 
lit songs. You know, so he must be young. Yeah, he's mad people. young. And then, okay. and then, but when he got into his battle, he was like mad lyrical and with the punchlines and things like that. So he gets a different fan base. Also, gets gives you this different aura. You know, like your your battle, your your battle tested. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That gives you a different like. Also, the same as Synaptic. When you hear Synaptic's music, it's not like this battle rap kind of like you know bars kind of music. No, of you know? course. Even though he has it's a melodic, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though he has some songs where he goes in like 16 million, he has a song called Stash Million. Yeah. Uh, or Stash Elf Elf. Yeah. And that's like he's going 16 minutes of just rapping, yeah, and he's yeah, good yeah, at that. Yeah. But like that's not what he does, you know, on a regular basis. So for him to have two battles under his, under his belt and perform really well, that puts him in a different platform as a, as a rapper. And does that give him an exposure as a rapper? This is why I wanted to ask you, is there rappers who do battles only and rappers who just sing and rap? I'm, I mean, for now, like, I, like, from the guys that are on and then they are on the arena, not the boot camp, you know, they're making music, most, almost all of them, you know. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and they use it as like a platform to get other, other, another audience because you have an audience that not really super into hip-hop but into battle rap true i saw that yeah so it's like the competition factor you know and love of lyricism you know things like that you yeah. know and i think it's also part of our culture as arabs you know you know we love we the you know wording of things you know from uh, zajal to exactly. you know like if we have a culture before hip-hop of using word plays and totally. you know and our poetry is either islamic or pre-islamic we had meda we had you know like you know, that we have all that. And there's poetry battles historically. Exactly. So this is like something embedded in us, I feel. And uh, to have this platform to modernize this love for language and, and uses of yeah. word plays and metaphors yeah. and, you know, all that, you know, just the love of language and doing something with it. I think this is embedded in us. That's why I think our followership is like just growing. So it was here. organic from the beginning. It didn't need advertisement and oh, I think branding. It, it, yeah, and you know, like, when, you know, like also two guys going at each other to, to really get at each other. I mean, you go on the street, you see an accident, people slow down for the car accident. You true, know what I'm saying? True, so, true, so true, people want to, when people want to see this competition level, you know. So, what other arenas are going on in the region? You mentioned that after you guys started here, people in Egypt start doing their own battles. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a couple leagues actually in Egypt. There's one in Alexandria and one in Cairo. You know, I don't want to mess up the name, so I'm not going to really say it, you know? Right. Like that. I think the one in Cairo is Ride or Die, uh, Rap or Die. Okay. Yet to, yet to move. And then there was another one in Alexandria. Uh, it'll come to me right now, you know? And I, I watch their leagues, you know? Cause, and I'm happy they have their leagues because I'd like to see who's dope out there in a battle rap format. So, totally. I, so I can fly them in, you know, and, and, and expand what we do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw some, like... Things in Kuwait, I forgot what they're called in Kuwait, that also the Gulf rappers started okay. doing and online. I saw some videos, so... I so think it's spreading now. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, we, I'm so happy about that. So proud of like what we're doing over here. So rap, We're so proud of like the rappers taking the initiative and wanting to, uh, in the challenge you know, as well. So what impressed me the most, actually, is that there was two males, two men on stage just ripping each other's off and using no limits, uh, whether being uh, family members, bringing everything to the stage. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that type of uh, ripping off usually end up in people getting shot around here. Uh, how does that translate? Like, how do that translate after the battle? Do people get really angry at each other, take it personal, or does it stay on the stage? 
I think there's a lot of that. Some of these battles, it it, it stays in the stage much more, okay. you know, and it actually affects the fan bases more, and the audience much more because right. they, how it's more about how they look at that rapper, not how those two rappers look at each other, right. because they have this understanding that I'm coming to get you, and you're coming to get me, you know. Yeah, exactly. So there is, you know, and obviously, you know, from the stand of the administration of like arena, we don't put, it's no holds bars, you know, so freedom of speech, whatever you want to say, whatever, whatever you want to say, it, it's my belief that society and the audience are the best measurement of what's the line, totally, toe, you know, and if, if you, if someone says something racist, yo man, your society should be aware enough to be like, that's not cool, you know, True. I don't appreciate that True. line. Either you boo him or you silence, stay silence on his that line. You know when you hear crickets and there's nobody applauding right. for that. That's the worst reaction you can have for right. a line. Right. You know because right. you're like no good. You know, so that's the criteria. I feel like we, you know, because also you know the Middle East, we are in a place where there's a lot of censorship. You know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and another thing that I find like amazing, you know, being having the arena in Beirut or in Lebanon is that we have some certain liberties of what we can say, you know, not fully, but better than other places. Right. So right. we had a few issues when it came to the ones in, in, not, in uh, Mo'if Hiyadi, which was in October, when um, basically Muhandis called Kaz a traitor, in you know, because Kaz Palestinian, for not objecting to the Jordanian king calling also the Jordanian king. Yeah, that's a bit heavy. That's really heavy, you know, and then and also the fact that they can't really address that. And, they, and also him as a person, he's like Palestinian, it's like wh whatever his point of view is, he can't really vocalize exactly. And being in Jordan, you know, this shit could get him into so much trouble speaking about the king. Yeah. And dissing we, the king. And Mohandas, we know, can't go now to Jordan after that, <laughs> like for sure, you know, for sure, right? How did it turn on Kaz? Like, he, he's going to have to go back then. Yeah, I mean, and, and, he, he, and then, you know, you see the audience on, on the message board saying like, oh, he crossed, Mohandas crossed the line, you know, even, even there was already like rumors that before the battle went down, everybody knew that that Mohandas um, said something about the king. So they, right. were, so they were calling us to not release the video. Oh, really? Or say, or oh, censor wow. it, or things like oh, that. Wow. And we were like, we, we believe in freedom of speech, and we're going to release it the way it is. And, uh, and honestly, like, in that battle, it, even Kaz said something about, like, you know, uh, something about, like, to Mohandas saying, if you, you know, you're talking about the Palestinian cause, my Palestinian cause, my Aslan Lusias Libnem Tek Umha, you know? True. Something like that, and that, that's, of, right. that, of that, of right. that, you know? Right. And, and everybody was like, yeah, <laughs> all the Lebanese crowd was so happy he said that. So one, <laughs> one guy even said, he's like, Aida, Ulamaratani, <laughs> or something like that. And then, you know, so just to show you how our, our, our audience is like, it's really open to these things. And I don't know how open it would be in the other places, but we'd like we'd like to have that platform for that dialogue when it comes over here. So Lebanon gives you that space, uh, and I'm assuming if this could happen in a Gulf country or in Jordan, even it would be cracked down on uh, for yeah for crossing social taboos and so on. Oh man, a hundred percent. You know, like we want to. I mean, there's talks about moving an arena to different places. At the moment, we we're talking about Egypt. We're talking about Jordan. We want to move it around. And uh, and I think it, it has a, some social value, you know. 
I don't know how positive or negative the social value is. That's, what, that's my next question to you. How yeah. do you think a battle could have a social value? I think it's that, that especially in the Middle East, is that, is that we open up this, uh, this conversation for, you know, uh, this conversation for, I don't know, like freedom of speech, you know, and cross understanding of cultures, you know, because we're coming from Jordan to Lebanon, defending our culture, attacking that culture, defending that culture, and also the reference points of the punchlines and the metaphors will come from where you come from in your culture for your audience. And then there, we're still sometimes, you know, you come to Lebanon and a Jordanian guy says a line and the Le Lebanese guys don't really understand 100%. But when they, when they watch it multiple times, there's going to be an understanding of these, guys, these people as well, you know? Totally. And so it's like, it's not just like, you know, I'm watching and Muselsa Suri of film Masri that I'm, you know, that's completely separate. We're intertwining all these cultures, you know, in a format. And it's like a series because if you want to watch this battle, rapid battle, and they're referencing lines from the battle before, you want to go back and say, what did he say there? That's, you know, so it becomes like this web of references, you know, and it's now you have the Arabic battle rap world and universe. You know, so the realities of the battle rap universe is different than the realities of reality, you know? Like, exactly. You know, like, how, you know, when, when Mohandas says something about Kalish's dad, how bad is Kalish's dad really, you know? Do we know? Right. Or, you know, like, right. this is just a line that said that he that couldn't be defended to the fullest at that point, you know? Honestly, actually, speaking precisely about that, when he spoke about Kalish's dad, I felt like Mohandas did a lot of research this time. And I, got, <laughs> I, I watched a couple of videos from all the battles. And I realized some rappers who appeared in, in, in the same battles and came back again have done more work on themselves as, yeah. as in a battle. They did more research about their opponents and so on. They have to, you know, like, I think, I think it also equally, you know, kind of did his research, you know, like, you know, talking about like, you just want to go, you just try to, the biggest thing you like to do is get a visa, you know, so you can travel and enjoy your time outside, you know. So, so there was a classist yeah. uh, aspect to it. I saw that between Kalash and Mohandas. Um, it, it, it was, I, 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 I love that battle, you know, I love that battle because of the language difference, the culture difference. This guy is, you know, uh, from Ashafi, this guy's from Saida, this guy, you know, it's like, it's completely different. This guy's more intellectual, this guy's more street, you know. But street smart, and this guy's more like book smart, you know, and you know, just I, I felt like it was an amazing, amazing clash, you know, uh, and uh, I'm happy I would book that one for a good time. So to go back to you as a bit, uh, you are one of the old schools in the region in Lebanon. Um, you started out with Fariel Atrash, um, and how long have you been doing this? Like ten years? Oh man, yeah. So I mean. 10 years, like more like nine years, like in a professional level, because I joined Fidi in 2009 and we got our first deal in 2010. Yeah. You know? uh, but I've been doing like rap, like my first rap show, I'm 33 years old right now. And then my first rap show was in 2000, 2001 in Damascus. Oh, wow. in, Damascus. in Damascus. Yeah, in Damascus, Marad Damashkodouli, Jenaha Rusi, I remember that really well, you know. Uh, I remember also like, you know, I was the youngest one from the crew, you know, we were called Immortal Assassins and I was the youngest one from the crew and I remember getting a zip drive, you know, I remember a zip drive? A yeah, zip yeah, drive. of course. So you have like these floppies that are like 150 megs, you know, because there was no burners. That's CD. really old school. <laughs> yeah, without CD burners, we didn't have CD burners in the, in the internet cafe and then I wanted to download like, you know, 
drum sounds and loops yeah. and stuff like that and, and it would take forever I would literally spend like eight to ten hours in, in a cafe in Syria to download like fucking 50 megs or something or 40 megs which is like oh, so uh, so interesting how how the whole thing changed now oh man yeah and then uh, you know and i i love the process so since i was 16 I, I was in love with the process of making something happen you know okay and uh and this is what i do now i create a lot of content um i'm doing this project with synaptic called terminal but at the same time i'm also managing him at this point you know because i book all my shows when i go on tour in europe okay. uh, i do a lot of the administrative work for myself uh, I do a lot of financing and finding finances for what I do myself. Okay, so it's a one-man operation. It's always been kind of like a one-man, you know, there's always people that come and help for sure, you know. Uh, and, so and why is me. that? Is it because of a lack of uh, production in the scene? Um, I think I think it's also... It hasn't been like the proper scene. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Arab rappers who do commercials and came up to the mainstream, but in a way they kind of ruined the image of rappers who are actually committed to, yeah. to the to the rap scene uh, to the organic elements of it yeah. um I'm, i mean it's, it's like a mixture of things you know for me it's like you know you're talking about like um rappers doing commercials and things like that i was like i want to fund what i do you know i will do this ad work i will do this video i'll do this hosting okay as long as it can be really as real as i can with my music right. you know because we're in a position where you know, our funding for culture is like super limited here, you know, it's really limited. So, you know, you have to be a pra pragma you know, pragmatic on how you're going to tackle your music, totally. you know. Uh, and it's like a fine line I, w I, I, I walk on, you know, between like doing okay. ad work <laughs> and doing like music that reflects my environment and myself, you know. Of course. Uh, so I try to, uh, you know, do, you know, walk that fine line. At the same time, you know, we have booking agents, we have managers and things like that for other genres of music that are quite successful in this and that. Yeah. But, but we, there's not this strong understanding of hip-hop from these booking agents or managers, you know, so... Precisely, that's my point. Why is that? Although yeah. the scene is growing, there's a lot of talent out there. I mean, the internet helped a lot in exposure. And I think it's worthy of having uh, a place for it in the music. I think I think it's just because of the last lack of success stories that we have as a scene, you know. Um, from in the past two three years, I mean, you know, the other person in Lebanon that's really putting, you know, that output and amazing work and you know and recognition and all that, you know, and the views as well. And from Lebanon is Mazen Sayed the Ross, you know. And so if you look at like the success stories of what's been produced and over here, there's really a handful, you know, and True. they're and, and, and are on even these success stories, the example that these booking agents want, you know, is exactly. this, is this, does it, does it pop the dollar bill on their head, you know, that's what matters in the end for the booking agents. Or I think in the general, if I'm going to put energy to this, you know, it has to have some certain return, you True. know, for it, you True. know, for me to put your time. I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking on, because I have amazing booking agents that work with me, you know, and uh, managers as well, you know, but it's like, I understand my brand and my direction, you know. So I'd like to have that control. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a control freak as well, so that's why I can't keep my stuff. Also, you get to retain your narrative too. You get to retain yeah. the originality of your work and so on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, so, so we're learning. We're learning, you know. So since you started, like, let's say 10 years ago, up until now, how, how, how would you uh, evaluate the scene? How do you see the scene now changing? 
Is it bigger? Is uh, it better? Is it not? Oh, definitely bigger and better. Uh, I mean, you need to remember that this transitional phase that we have in, in this 10 years is, is that platform phase on the internet, you know, that happened. So music in general, when I was, when I, we were signed uh, with uh, Forward Records or Forward Music, you know, well, my band, Three Lotus, we signed to Forward Music and we signed to them, they were trying, to, to, the internet was taking over slowly, you know, and we were still not understanding what we do with label, what, what the existence of label really means at that point, you know? And, and then all these other platforms started popping up and social media became like the prime way of promoting your music. Uh, makes some labels become more obsolete than they, they are, especially for independent and underground movements. So we had to get into this process of learning how to do our things ourselves. You know? On your own? On your own. I mean, I knew, I knew rappers from over here uh, that were signed to labels, you know, and and they were giving like giving a lot big budget to do the work, you okay. know, like we're talking about fifty thousand dollar videos, wow, you know, videos, okay. you know, or like uh, and ten thousand dollars or beats produced by French producers that okay. they bought. Like it was like high budget, and after six, seven, eight months after the plan, and they see the plan, and it's about to release, they're like, oh, we're not gonna return, we're not gonna get back that money, you know, right. and they drop the artist. Oh, they dropped the artist. And then, wow. they, and then they go into court with them to give them their material. Not even, it's like, you know. They, Ouch. Yeah, so, so, yes, when you're working with a group of people for, that act as administration, they, they want to know if you're going to make money or not, you know, because this is, this is, at the end of the day, it is a business, you know. Uh, yeah. And you want to be uh, lucrative for yourself for longevity, you know, to have some sort of longevity of for yourself. You need to make... Your your you know your venture a little bit more lucrative for yourself you know and uh, and and if you're the one doing your own management you have to you told that fine line you know where I I'll give this to a corporation I'll give that to this I'll give that to this but with that I can I have like two months of doing great work right. you know, right. you know? and uh, or you get funding from a certain organization that tells you this is the criteria that this project has to follow, you know? So you have to be very aware, okay. very realistic at the same time, but, but mostly aware of the narrative that you're creating for this. Would that make you compromise on yourself, on what you do, on your material? I, I, I believe I haven't been compromising in any way, okay. you know, um, because of the environment I come from. You know, because of the lack of privilege, me, you know, I was being Syrian Filipino over here uh, and like doing this hustle, you know, so whatever labels that might be get, get put upon me, you know, for doing certain work that might not seem, you know, acceptable to some rappers, I'll be like, well, put, I'm in these shoes, I walk this right. and, and, and my, my output has been this. So who do you have in mind when you are producing your music? Do you care about what other rappers are going to think about this? Or do you have a targeted audience in mind? Or is just merely Chino expressing himself? I think the, the latter, you know, the last was me expressing myself is, is hands down the most important factor. And uh, to, make, to make it appear this, you know, brand of who I think I am or who I ex want to be, you know, 
then I package it to that audience as mm -hmm. well as possible for them to really absorb that. And that's that's the criteria, you know. Uh, about other rappers, um, man, you know, like I like I told you, there's not a lot of this big example of of success stories. So I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna go at the uh, you know the blah blah of other other rappers because where are we where are we gonna go, you know. Do I follow that path, you know, or do I just follow my path, which I feel is, could be more successful? You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So again, it's about examples. It's about like, oh shit, we're in this position. You know, very few people are in a position of pioneering a certain a certain um, trajectory in their music. Yeah. So there's really nobody to listen to, you know? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I noticed also that um, in, in our region, let's say here in Syria, Lebanon, Palestine and Jordan, there's, uh, there's, a, there's, there's a vibe of rap that's sl slightly similar and varies from the Gulf region or from Egypt and North Africa. Mm. I feel like there's three different scenes in the rap in the Arab world. Oh yeah, I agree. As that has to do with the... Uh, accent of the Arabic language it's being used to rap in certain regions or because of the relative issues that rappers of certain region rap about and so people pick up that I think I think it's a mix of everything you know like I think the language really you know and the dialect uh, will also change you know the language and dialect will also uh, kind of like force you to be a certain way when you write, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as well, and syncopations and things like that, you know, people break that t uh, the cycle sometimes, but like in general, the language plays a big role in dialect. Also, the, the, your background, the social background of those countries, you know, so if you have like uh, uh, places like Saudi Arabia or the Gulf, you know, they're more relaxed, so the type of music, you know, there's politics is just like they're not really into it that much or they can't be into that their politics that much. They, they have no room for criticism of that politics. So they're, to reflect how they are, they're going to listen to music that's a little bit more commercial, what's lit, what's going on, what's popping. That's, that's the criteria of the music. So in turn, their music is going to sound a little bit more lit, a little bit more popping, uh, less less content driven, you know, or at least less split. Now, maybe I, I, I know a bunch of rappers from the Khalij that content is really dope, you know, but not politically, socially critical, you know. Uh, Egypt has some point in the Arab Spring where they're very critical of like what's going on. And then what's went on now, it's more like the cloud rap and yeah. things like that. So, uh, and here in Palestine, Syria and Le Lebanon, in Syria, before before the spring, Arab Spring, it was also uh, content was not driven on criticism, you know, True. and not critical. Now it is, you know, and I think we have that line between uh, Palestine, Lebanon, and and and, uh, and Syria, and Jordan uh, also. They have some social criticism. They have like uh, awareness because they have a certain leeway, a little bit yeah. more than the rest. But their music is mad lit, you know. If I look at like Salam and Synaptic, it's like. Just like it's it's, it's just popping songs, man. Even though there is like social awareness to it, you know, and yeah, and and, and understanding of Arab Arabism, you know, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. you know, and I think uh, I think everybody brings something else to the table, and they they do cater to their fan base, and and and, and truth is, I feel like uh, these rappers in the region here, Lebanon, Palestine, Syria, they 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 are a bit more of a 
careful about the type of words they choose and so there's much less cursing and insults in the rap than rappers from Egypt for instance or from Tunisia or Morocco yeah that use a lot of that street insulting type brutal rap <laughs> yeah I mean uh, Egypt you know if you can't really uh, comment heavily on what's going on around you and in your environment and that environment is all obviously we can see this you know from even from an outs- outsider's perspective that it needs it needs work in there you know and they can't really criticize about that so they'll just look at each other and be like i can criticize you you know i can criticize your rap you know <laughs> so it's like where do i how do i vent you know how do i vent in which in which pattern which pattern do i and in which way do i vent for me you know i do like the approach of you know just being lyrical and uh, showcasing my style and also attacking like an MC would you know like this this uh, imaginary rapper that you're attacking but also use the references that 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 shed light on where you're from you know so you can do battle rap stuff but your punchlines and metaphors are references to what's going on in yeah, the region yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can be you know this lyrical rapper and still shed light you know, r- lyrically aggressive battle rapper style, but still shed light on what's going on, you know. True. I noticed that uh, since the Arab revolutions kicked in in 2010-2011, um, Arab rap became as the voice of the street, uh, replacing um, revolutionary songs from the 80s, from the 90s, from the 70s. And it felt that it has more currency with the youth that was raging on the streets. I was in Egypt in 2012 in Tahrir Square and uh, I saw something that really captivated me where a young guy took the stage and he started rapping and people loved it. People gathered, they loved it. I thought no one would pay attention to him, but I realized they listened to what he was saying and that he galvanized the crowd. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you, is, do you think that with the new generation coming up, they find more currency in, uh, in the rap scene right now than in music that we grew up on, our parents used to listen to revolutionary social expression music? Oh, sorry, again, can you repeat? I like that question. I, I, I was following what was the question exactly. Uh, my question is that, do you think that Arab rap speaks uh, for the street, for the youth right now, more than the revolutionary music we grew up on? I don't know, more or less, but it's, it's, trans- it's been transformed to be the, the voice of the youth when it comes to like uh, expressing their hardships, you know? So if it's, if it's I don't think it's, it, it's the only means, but it's the most used means right now. I yeah. think because technically you have all this space to to create. And, That's what and I was work, thinking. You know? Exactly, and it's more accessible because of the internet. So you have no limitations on production and so on. Yeah, and also, I mean, just last year, hip hop has surpassed pop music and rock. You know, rock music as the most popular genre. You know, in the world. In the world. In the world. So that's that's obviously the voice of the youth. That's huge, yeah. You know, yeah. so now it's like hundred percent. This is the voice of the youth. You know, you, you can't know ifs or buts about it. So whether wherever you are in the world, hip hop is what's is in the top of the food chain when it comes to uh, music genres. Then definitely the kids are gonna try to uh, use that use that style to reflect their background or their environment. But at the same time, you know. Uh, it's also like we, we spoke about, which is the line, the space and style and the history of hip hop is about, you know, 
vocalizing inequality, right. you know, like or the origin of it right. is that, right. you know. And I mean, if you know, if they, if you look at crap music right now, you know, like uh, Lil, uh, Lil Yachty and or, you know, and it's all about like pill popping and that, that's that's you know, you might not be like, oh, these kids are like really being stupid and things like that, but they're like seventeen to twenty. And that's the reality. That's the epidemic that's happened in America. You know, in the '90s and 2000s, we're talking about guns, and you know, rappers talking about shooting each other. That's the reality of where they come from. So, if you're over here and you're talking about the same, these things as well, that's our reality. You know, if we're talking about like we don't have electricity, we're out to protest. Oh, that's a reality. We have unemployment. That's a reality. Well, the bunch of our young kids are getting lost to drugs. That's a reality. You know, and and hip hop makes makes talking about those realities really cool, man. Okay. Are you working on something at the moment? Yeah, so um, right now I'm working on this album with Synaptic called, uh, it's an English album okay. called, uh, the, uh, called Terminal. Uh, it's really the juxtaposition of being too, too Western for the Middle East and too Middle Eastern for the Arabs. And, um, and we're going on tour, hopefully. And it's the first collaboration for yeah, you Yeah, it's, okay. it's our first collaboration. It's gonna be like a, a six, seven song EP, you know. Oh, nice! And uh, we just started doing it like in January, you know. So okay, uh, it's something fun and quick that we came up to, but we came up with. It's kind of very organic how it happened. And then when we had like a bunch of songs, we're just like, let's make an EP, you know. And uh, somehow the, the topics kind of like really correlated with each other, you know. So obviously we had the same concerns and interests of our our existence in our society, you know, so it, it, it's funny how the, how the album name Terminal came out of, out of it because okay. we, were, we were talking about like, you know, traveling around and things like that and the difficulties of traveling and, okay. and just wanting to travel for the sake of being able to travel. You know, that's, like, that's another thing actually, as an artist uh, from, from here, from the region, uh, with the passport of uh, any country from the region makes it so difficult to travel around, even in the region, not 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 only to Europe or America. How how that stops your progression? Does it like is it an obstacle for artists? I mean, yeah, it's definitely an obstacle just for our society in general. You know, like it it gives us an inferiority complex of like we need the approval of the West, you know, to be free, you know, and experience things that even are are closer country people like Gulf have a better better chances of traveling to to the West and enjoying themselves in the West, you know. Uh, and we have a song in the out in the album called Got My Saudi on, you know, and it's basically saying, I wanna be just like the Saudis and party and blow my money. Can I do that? You know, like can we have that freedom? You know, like uh, you know, and 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 it's those like witty, smart fun commentary. The whole project is like that. You know? Okay, type uh, Can you uh, give us a sample? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The top of your head, just a short one for our listeners. Yeah. Like a teaser. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's a song called Slow It Down. Um, it goes like, um, yeah, it goes like, yeah, I fly Jordan Air with Air Jordans on. 
Fly out here from Lebanon. Fuck socialize, list socialists. Just get your gear. Now put your Vladimir Lenin on. Contradictory. My nickname, he's such a dick to me. Her nickname won't suck a dick for free. Freak with me. She wants quality, not frequency. You want rage of shit? Switch frequencies. I'm Kaepernick slash Kamikaze. Far less shit, I'll punch a Nazi. Can't pop a John me, whoa. Fuck NFL, we run the field. Fuck Unifil, we'll take back land you try to fill. Fuck how you feel. Synaptic plug, he got the pills and I'm off the wall. Can't hang me up because I know the drill. I'm overrated, I'm overkill. That's one perspective, Cloverfield. Boom. That's yeah. hot, man. Nice, yeah, nice. Exactly. So this is from the album. Yeah, yeah. So that song is called Slow It Down. Uh, and it, yeah, the album is going to be just like fun, lit, you know, things Sweet, like that. You know? And who's producing the album? So we had like beats from, uh, I think, uh, Wicked, Bedded Anzem from Palestine. We have beats from ha uh, Hash on the Beat, you know, who's, who's like a uh, Synaptics producer and friend. Uh, and there's a beat I produced okay. you know, as well. So it's like this mixture of different producers. And Asafi, Asafi, oh my god, Asafi produced like two. two yeah, bangers. shout out to Asafi, man. He's yeah, a good yeah. producer. Oh man, I love Asafi. We've toured, me and Asafi, like we've done shows in Berlin together, in Vienna together. Um, he's the homie in Innsbruck together. You know, I love the dude actually. And uh, hopefully, man, um, shout out to him. There's a bunch of songs after Shitty we're going to be working with him. Uh, before we wrap it up, I have one last question, and this is uh, to go back to the battle. And it's a critical question that um, I heard a lot of people who were in the battle and who watched the battle um, talk about it. Um, people were saying, could rappers be a bit more creative in their words uh, and disses and refrain from using sexism and racism towards the others? Is that a possibility? Why rappers in a battle fall back to sexism and racism when they want to hire up their body? Yeah, I mean, uh, I understand that. Like, I'll give you an example, you know. And a lot of women who really like rap yeah, sounded were, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, man. And like, uh, hip-hop as a culture from, from the 80s till now has been homophobic sexist, you know, and sometimes racist, you know, and then especially the battle culture when it started from 2009 or 2007 and that was from coming from LA and California, which is the most diverse fucking place you can find. They were the most racist in their battles, you know. Is that right? It's, wow. That's the truest thing that I can tell you, man. People get shot for that in LA. Yeah, but they would never be racist to black people, but they would be like racist to each other. So you're Greek and so we're going to okay. hit you with Greek jokes. You're, you know, and then we're still learning, you know, so we have like this battle, the first battle at the best in disaster. Disaster said a lot of racist things to Eddie, you know, you know, like being black, you know, and then and the crowd kind of just went with it, you know, because that's their, that's their, their references of battle rap is American and it's quite racist. So at that point, yes, everybody was kind of like vibing with it and, you know, kind of like, but you hear the comments now, everybody's like, oh my God, disaster's racist. And that's like the, the that's, okay. you, know, you know, so you see the awareness so happening. awareness is growing in that Yeah, way. you know, so now the battles are not so super racist, uh, or, or there is some reference, or you're from Jordan, this and that, this and that, yeah. you know. Um, I haven't, in the last battle, I haven't heard anything that's racist like that, you know. Okay. You know, I, I heard some stuff about like, you know, like I think he said, he kind of said something about like, a, I put a dot in your head in the, like a Hindu or Gandhi, you right. know, things like that, you know, but that's because he was wearing glasses, you know, right, right, and then, right, then right. he calls himself spiritual and revolutionary, right. you know, so it wasn't, right. it was using the wordplay right. of, right. of, the, of the strengths of Gandhi, right. you know, not, not, not being overtly racist, not, not overtly racist, and that's just the wordplay, you know, and, and the importance of battle rap is like, that word, in, in hip hop, 
If, if you say something that's slightly racist and is worded terribly, that's a no-go. You know, if you say something that's slightly racist, you know, but it's dope as a motherfucker and it refers to something really dope, then then that's when you can kind of like, I'll like give you a tiny little bit past. And a lot of people that's not in hip hop will not understand that. They'll just see it because, you know, you want to be critical and you want to be you're safe, you know. But hip hop culture is like mad aggressive. You're supposed to do that. About the sexism, I don't, I don't, for me, you know, again, it's a freedom of speech, you know, and I think society will fix that in due time. But but I'm not with that, you know, homophobia, I'm not with that, you know, as a person, I'm, I'm very pro-LGBTQ, and uh, I know a lot of these rappers are, you know, a lot of these rappers will vote, you know, for people who are, like, open to the LGBTQ community, and I know that they did, you know, when it comes to last year's election, and I know they're open, you know, so, so this is not the realities of these people, you know, okay. this is entertainment at the end, and then one more example I have to say, you know, uh, uh, which I think clarifies why I will leave the freedom of speech platform open and I will never give them, tell them, do not say this, do not say that. It's because when, uh, when, when we had battle in the, on, on October, Mo'ef Hiyadi, Mohanda said something about Kaz and the King of Jordan. And that became a big fuss and people told us to take that down because it affects their, their feelings and all that. And then some people also mentioned Mashur Leila and the LGBTQ community. And we had the venue, Arca, tell us, like, this can't happen. We can't, you can't use the F word, you know, uh, to, that's homophobic and things like that, you know. And, I, and, then, and then I was like, and, and also saying, we know Hamid Sino, we're friends with him and we're friends with the LGBTQ community. And I, was, and I said myself, I was like, I'm friends with the LGBTQ community. I am very, I'm very supportive of what they do. I am also personally friends with Hamilton, though. And there is this fine line that we are cool with this guy talking about the king, you know, that affects a certain amount so of people. That's and then that's political. And then we're not, we're not cool of someone saying this thing about Hamilton, you know, which at the same time I cannot. When I make a, when I censor, when I draw the line, I will start drawing the line for everybody. And that's, that's, that's why I will never, ever, you know, I would rather not put the battle out at all than actually censor, you know, a certain thing. The only thing I would censor, if, if, if there's like a phone number that's being put, you know, that's a, for a third party that's, that might get affected, you know, a certain name of a certain female individual or male individual yeah. or relative that's, that will really put this person in danger, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, th those things I might think about, you know. Okay. But when it comes to like social commentary and things like that, I really have to, I insist, I insist on the community and, so and society to, to, to outwardly you know, reflect that at that moment, you know, to be aware of what's being said at that moment before you cheer for it, you know. Hello. Because now don't get caught up with the vibe, you know, because that the vibe is super, the energy is super strong. Of course. And then when you reflect on it, then sometimes you're just like, fuck, you know, I'm, I'm a victim of that, you know, because I hear a line, I'm like, that's so fucking funny, you know, and then I'm just like, dang, this guy might, might be really offensive at the yeah. same time, but like, but you're, you're a victim of the moment. So my, my advice is like, uh, try to be aware of that moment and react accordingly. Awesome. When is the next battle? Is there anything planned? I mean, we I really just talked to some people yesterday. Uh, I'm focusing right now on getting this project out. So hopefully by September we have something happening over here. Again. Oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd like to do like two or three a year. A year. Uh, wow, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, as long as we can get the funding right, you know, uh, uh, fly the proper people over. Bring new faces. Yeah, you okay. know, new faces or like the guys that have been coming around as well, you know, like 
when I look at Jordan, uh, I see potential. I really want to go there and do it. Another thing that's amazing about Jordan is uh, is that Palestine is right there, you exactly. know, and uh, and that's another door I would really love to open and give opportunities for people to shine. Not just shine because we're a great platform, you know, quote unquote, you know, just to be part of this battle rap universe that we're creating. Exactly, you know, and Arabic. just right here next to each other. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, hard, it's harder for us here in Lebanon to bring these guys over. You okay, know? Yeah. for logistical purposes. Yeah, for logistical border purposes, things, you know, okay. I don't want to really get into it because it will expose what we're really actually doing with the other rappers, you know, when we're bringing them in. But, you know, uh, they're always, especially in Palestine, man, like we, we feel them, they're part of what we do in, in spirit, and somehow they're so far, you know. And that, the fact that, the occupation, that's yeah, what we always... exactly what it is, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get to. Is We're like, so close, yet we can't connect with our brothers and sisters over there. Taib Azim, would you like to add anything else? No, nah, man, just check out, you know, when it comes to the end of the month, probably like June 23, there will be like the project me and Synaptic, the terminal. Check it out on my soundcloud.com slash innovation, C-H-Y-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N. And, you know, follow us in the arena. If you haven't seen the battles, we got about like 14 battles up there already. And Is it, it on YouTube? It's on YouTube, the arena, M-E. The There's arena, M-E, okay. And search for that. And then, and also facebook.com slash the arena dot M-E. And our Instagram, the arena dot M-E as well. And uh, coming up soon, very soon, hopefully in this coming two or three days, we will have, we will drop three battles in one go. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, nice. From, the, from the boot camp. Yeah. Oh, from the boot camp. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, so we, we in the last event we had like 10 battles. Five of them were the main cars and five of them were boot camp battles. And we had like, we had, we already released one of the two of the boot camp, one in English, one in Arabic. The one in Arabic, Omar versus Ziggy. It was really good, man. I'll check that out. Yeah. It's good shit, man. Okay, awesome. This was uh, Chino with me, Muhammad Ali Nayel from Beirut. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Man, is it fight or is it flight? Exile. You've been listening to Status Audio Magazine. The Status is produced by the Arab Studies Institute in partnership with Voices of the Middle East and North Africa, co-sponsored by George Mason University's Middle Eastern Studies Program and the American University of Beirut's Asfari Institute for Civil Society and Citizenship. Interested in pitching an interview, a program episode, or becoming a partner? Email our associate producer, Paola Messina, at paola at statushour.com To listen to more conversations, on-the-scene reports, and discussions, visit our website, statushour.com Or subscribe via iTunes and listen to us on the go. You can also friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and for more conversations, please visit statushour.com.